Amen. Amen, amen. Oh, I like it when God comes to church. That's always good when the Lord shows up in the house. Come on, come on, come on, come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. That's like the, the Americans just say that. Come on, somebody. Mm. Ah. I'm sort of, I don't know. I just feel, I just feel like this is going to be such a breakout year for our church and for people in our church. I feel like some people who have been in prison for a long time, all sorts, emotional, financial, relational, physical, and you've just been in prison and you've been locked up and you, you've been trying to get out, this is your year to break out. This is your year to get free. This is your year for God to do a miracle in your life. This is your year. This is our year. This is your year. It's a breakout year. My goodness. We're uh, later on in the service, you're going to hear a little update from our vision builder directors, uh, David and Marina Crowder, on how we're tracking in our vision building. It's going really well. It's awesome. June, we're going to have one Sunday. We normally call it a celebration Sunday, but we're going to call it a miracle Sunday. Uh, mostly out of this sense that this year we're not fasting, we're feasting, we're not, we're not uh, begging or, or, or we're, we're praising God for what He's already done in the Spirit. It's going to happen this year. And a few weeks ago, Pastor Phil Pringle came and he just prophesied. June, July is going to be the, the, the months where God's going to do something for our building. God's going, to do for, and God's going to do something for people who have had a real desire to give, but it's like the doors have been locked, and, he, and He's going to use you and I to unlock this new season. So we've called it, uh, it's like the third week in June, I think it's going to be, or maybe the fourth week. One of them is Pentecost Sunday. Uh, the second Sunday of June's Pentecost Sunday. I'm like doing the announcements before I preach, but I'll tell you because I'm excited. And, and, and so that one's going to be a day of power, not a night of power. We're just going to give the whole day to moving in the Spirit, believing God for miracles, Pentecost Sunday. And then two weeks later, we're going to have our Miracle Sunday as we unlock what God's got. And if you're, if you're kind of feel like you're trapped financially, then start believing God that there's going to, this, is, this is going to be your breakout year for uh, uh, our church in so many ways, so many ways. So sensing God's favor on the house. Judd, I loved your story. Come on, I loved your story. Put your hands together for Judd. Uh, you know, I love it when men get teary, not just me. Not just me, because uh, emotions. Thank you, Kathy. The weeping preacher. I love it, but I love it because there's there's a realness. And you talked about being missing in action, uh, in the middle of a spiritual battle, trying to do it on your own. When you become a Christian, you step into, uh, you get the answers for life on the inside you also step into a spiritual battle because now you're a threat to darkness. And so the Christian life, uh, it's simple, but it's not easy. And so I, I liken it to going uphill. If, it, there's, a, there's a sense that you can build momentum going uphill, and it, but, but the, you're going against the spiritual climate of the world that we live in. So the only way to do that is with other people. And it, it can be quite tempting to go, oh, I'm weary or I'm beaten up or things are going tough. So I'm just going to put, put things in neutral for a little while. 
I won't go to a group. I'll go to, I'll just, you know, I'll just, I'll just kind of go, I'll get into cruise. That can work for a little while if you've got some momentum. But if you're going uphill and you put your car into neutral, you know what happens? You start to go back downhill. Before you know it, things can just get out of control. You're in a, you're in a, uh, a slipstream going backwards. And so to get out of it, you've got to engage into, into gear. First gear, getting into church Sundays. Second gear, getting into a group with some people around about you. Third gear, getting on a team and starting to make life about other people. Not, that, that's the way to live above your problems when you start to make life about other people. So you've got to get out of neutral. And I love that, that uh, helping us. We're, lo- we're launching our groups for term two today. Uh, we've got a lot, of, a lot of groups in our church, almost uh, 80 or 90 groups in our church for people to get around people. And I want to speak into that today. Band, mwah, you've done a great job. Put your hands together for the band. I want to just continue from last week's message where we talked about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. We talked about how he raised three people from the dead aside from himself coming back from the dead. He raised Jairus' daughter. That's who we're going to talk about today. He raised Lazarus and he raised a widow's son in the middle of a funeral. And so uh, we learned that the resurrection power of God is inside of us to bring dead things to life. And I would believe that all of us have got something in our life that's just it's not alive the way it should be. It needs the Holy Spirit on it to bring it to life. And so we looked at some principles last week, and I want to continue on here. So we're going to look at this story in Luke chapter 8. And the story is in Capernaum. Capernaum was Jesus' ministry base in Galilee for a long time. Uh, Jesus was born in Nazareth. He did his first miracle not far from Nazareth in a little town called Cana. Uh, and then he, then he ended up, after doing some miracles in Jerusalem, he ended up settling in Capernaum, which is right along on the edge of the sea. Even Jesus wanted to live right on the edge of the sea. You know you're in the right place here on the Sunshine Coast. That's where he set up his ministry. So it was the Sea of Galilee, uh, and he lived in Capernaum. Capernaum. We know that Peter, uh, the apostle Peter, Simon Peter, came from Capernaum. He had his house there. He lived with his mother-in-law. I'm going to leave that right alone right now. Uh, but, but he lived there. And so all sorts of, Jesus did all sorts of miracles in Capernaum. The, the second boy, uh, the second miracle that he did, the first was turning water into wine in Galilee. The second was a nobleman's son who came to him uh, in a different town. And Jesus said he got healed. And as, the, as Jesus spoke the word, he went back to Capernaum and his boy got healed at that exact same moment. He healed Peter's mother-in-law, rebuked the fever out of her, and then everyone heard about it. And so Peter's house got flooded with people all day coming for Jesus to heal them. Capernaum was having a move of God. There was a little synagogue in Capernaum, and I've been, I've been there, and I've actually stood in that, in that synagogue, and it was kind of like the, the Jewish um, place of worship, aside from the main temple of Jerusalem that everybody would go to. And so I've been to that synagogue, and, it was, and Jesus did a miracle in that synagogue teaching and where an unclean spirit manifested and he casted out a a demon out of someone in that place. It was in Capernaum that they bought a a, a paralegic on a stretcher and they lowered him down through a a roof. So it was this little village town on the edge of the seashore. I've even even been to St. Peter's Fish Cafe and and eaten one of Peter's fish. Uh, It's quite funny how it's transformed over the years. But anyway, so, so Capernaum's a place that's having a move of God. A little bit like the Sunshine Coast here at Powerhouse is having a move of God. 
It's a place where miracles are happening, where God's doing awesome things. And so this synagogue leader uh, knows that Jesus is a miracle worker. His daughter, his name is Jairus. He's one of the rulers. His daughter is deathly sick. Jesus has just come back from the other side of the Sea of Galilee where he's delivered a demoniac in the Gadarenes. And so he's, he's come back. He's on the seashore. He's teaching. Jairus hears he's there and he goes for Jesus for a miracle. Because I want you to know when you need a miracle, when you need God to do something, then the, don't put Jesus last. Go to him first. And he goes to Jesus and says, would you come with me and heal my daughter? Uh, he had the sense that she's on his deathbed. And so he's on his way there and in the meantime uh, a woman has been sick for 12 years he's got an only daughter she's 12 years old the moment that that daughter got healed a woman got sick 12 years ago same time and she started to bleed and couldn't stop bleeding and she had her own miracle at this particular moment by reaching out and touching Jesus garment and she, the, she felt the power of God uh, touch her and get healed and so in the midst so then Jesus is sort of getting interrupted on the way to Jairus's daughter and sometimes you're believing for God to do something and you're waiting for Him to show up and other people are getting their miracles. Other people are giving their testimonies and it's quite easy sometimes to be a little discouraged going, is it ever going to be my turn? Am I ever going to experience my miracle? I'm telling you, just lean in. It's coming your way. And here's, here's the thing that attracts it. It's this thing called faith. Faith attracts the power of God. Jesus is the headline of these two people's healings, but the central theme is faith. God isn't attracted to your need. He's not attracted. He's compassionate about it, and He cares about it, but what moves the hand of God in your circumstances is not your need. It's not even your, your, um, your good works. It's, it's the thing that attracts God to your heart and circumstance and my heart is faith. So this woman gets healed after 12 years of sickness by touching a garment and it was the power of God that healed her, no doubt about it. But he says to her, woman, it was your faith that healed you. Not God's power, your faith. Your faith drew the power of God into your body. And that principle is still the same. And so this, let's pick it up in Luke 8, 48. Jesus responded, Beloved daughter, your faith in me has released your healing. You may go with peace. One miracle. While Jesus was still speaking to the woman, someone came from Jairus' house and told him, There's no need to bother the master any further. Your daughter has passed away. She's gone. Stop praying. Jesus didn't turn up in time. It's, it's all over. So often it can feel like if only you'd been here, like Mary said to Lazarus, if only you'd been here, he wouldn't have died. But so often Jesus actually has a plan in his delay in coming to you, and it's that he will get the glory. I was reading about Gideon this morning in the Old Testament, and God said, you've got too many soldiers uh, to defeat the Midianites. Can you get rid of some of them? Because I don't want you to get the glory. I want to get the glory. I want to defeat them in such a miraculous, ridiculous way. There will be no doubt that I was the one who worked the miracle on your behalf. And if it seems like God's delayed and uh, in coming into your situation or circumstance until it's absolutely impossible, let me know, let, just let's, let's be really clear about this. Absolutely impossible is God's favorite playground. That's where he loves to work in the absolutely impossible zone. Is there some faith in the room today? Come on, let's give the Lord a clap. 
Come on, somebody. So this is what Jesus' immediate response. This guy would have had a massive, his stomach would have turned. His body, the adrenaline in his his old body would have reacted to the bad news. It would have been like a kick in the guts. And you can often get a report on something, someone, some situation, and it's a kick in the guts. And Jesus cares, and he's right there. And this is what he said. When Jesus heard there, he said, Jairus, don't yield to your fear. Don't yield. With the news came a a great big giant of fear, a demon of fear, and it wants to get you to bow down and submit to it. But don't yield to that thing. Don't. He said, this is what he said, have faith in me and she will live again. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the things unseen. Hebrews tells us it's impossible to please God without faith. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you're a diligent seeker of God, it pleases him. And faith is the, it's the currency of heaven that you can exchange the miraculous of God with faith. Faith what he's looking for. So he says, you just got to have faith. Come with me. So then they arrived, and this is told in three different books. When they arrived at the house, Jesus allowed only Peter, John, and Jacob, normally James is the name, along with the child's parents to go inside. Jesus told those left outside uh, who were sobbing and wailing with grief, stop crying. She's not dead. She's just asleep and must be awakened. Okay, what you've got to understand here is in Jewish times, it was common to hire a mourning crowd. Like not the mourning, but a M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G. And they would come with flutes and they would wail and they were literally, it was literally rent a crowd. So along with some of Jairus's family, there were professional mourners and they were wailing and they were carrying on and they were making a big noise. And Jesus came to them and he said, stop. And you know that the grief wasn't deep in them because they laughed at him. You don't go from being deep in grief to laughing at somebody when they tell you something and not just laughed at him knowing for certain that she died. Uh, they, they actually mocked him, another version says. They ridiculed him. And this is really fascinating because they've, they've got a, the need for a miracle. They've got a crowd who are, who are being attracted to their pain, who aren't an atmosphere of faith. And it's quite, it's quite fascinating. Whatever's going on in our world will we'll attract, like attracts like. I've noticed 20 years of pastoring, I've noticed offended people attract offended people. I've noticed negative people attract negative people. Uh, sometimes it's just a good check, check up to go, oh, why is everybody hanging around me like this? Uh, very early on in our marriage, we, Danielle and I found ourselves hanging around with a couple who were continually, continuously negative. And then we'd find ourselves going home, um, being cynical and having shots at each other and being negative. What was on them was rubbing off on us. And we realized this is not us and this is not who we want to be, but it's happening when we hang out with these people. So we had to make a choice. We, every time we hung out with them, we went deliberately to be positive. And, and you know what? Uh, cynicism and unbelief cannot hang around in a faith-filled environment. It, it actually drove them crazy and they pulled away from us. Uh, tox- a toxic person cannot in, in last in a positive, faithful environment. You'll eventually change or leave. So that, that's what we're going for here. So Jesus sees all these people, approached the body, took the girl by the hand. Okay, what, what we notice at this moment, another, another version in Mark says, Jesus kicked them outside of the house. He's like, you guys are all here 
in the complaining, whinging, wailing zone. And I need a miracle. So atmosphere is everything if you need a miracle. Atmosphere, uh, an atmosphere of faith is everything when you need a miracle. An atmosphere of believing. So he's like, you guys get out of the room. Uh, I've, I've visited people who are in a hospital who need a miracle. I've seen them get miracles. And they're like, we're very particular who comes in. We don't want people coming in with sympathy. We want people coming in with faith. We're plastering the walls with scriptures and we're believing what God is wanting to do. And, and we're, we're, we're facing the reality of things in terms of what the doctors are saying. But whose report are we believing? We're believing the report of the Lord. And so we, we're going on. And so Jesus calls these guys in. Uh, the three guys, as just three people get to get into that room with the mom and dad and the dead girl. I wonder, and this is the, the, the title of my message today, is who's in your room? Who's, who's in your room? Who, who are you letting into your, your life, your circumstances? Uh, uh, the, 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 a good question is, after you've hung around with those people, how do you feel? Are they energizing you? Are they lifting you? Are they inspiring faith in you? Faith-filled people spark something of faith in one another. This is why uh, looking after them. Now, there's certain people you don't get to choose. You work with certain people, and you can't say, get out of the room, because you work with them. There are certain people you live in the house with them, and you can't say, get out of the room. Uh, there's family, unsaved family members. There's different people. Okay, so I'm not talking about uh, just, you know, texting everybody on your list today and say, no faith, get out of my life. I'm not talking about that. I might be talking about maybe unfollowing some people uh, on social media for a little while because of their negativity or because of the atmosphere they're creating around your life, just subtly, not harshly, just nicely, but protecting, because faith... Faith needs an atmosphere of faith. God moves in an atmosphere of faith. Who's in, who's in your room? So Jesus worked the miracle. Uh, instantly her spirit returned to her body. Her body was dead. Her spirit had, had gone. Her spirit came back. She stood up. Jesus directed her stunned parents. Oh, that's, I, I think I said this last week, but that's one of the videos I'm going to watch in the big movie room in heaven. When I get to go back and watch all the stuff from heaven, get to see all the, then that's one I'm going to watch. Jesus directed her stunned parents, give her something to eat. I love this. Spiritual miracle, practical next step. Spiritual miracle, wisdom follows. Faith and wisdom go hand in hand. There are always wise steps. Feed the girl and order them not to tell anyone what had happened. As we're launching groups this week for the next term, there's so many. I want to encourage you to find a group to get in the room with some people. I, I want, as your pastor, I want everybody in this church, every single member in this church, to find a group that is going to spark faith in you. I want you to find a group that's going to help you go to the next level in your spiritual walk. I want you to find, I want you to find a group. Now, now whether that group, I think Falinga is starting a new group uh, that's going to be a course group called Hashtag Struggle for Men. It's the follow-up course. So the one he's just done. They're going to watch, they're going to, on Friday nights, they're going to gather, they're going to watch that, and then they're going to watch Friday night football. I just think that's genius. I think, honey, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to a group tonight. 
Excellent. I think that's just as, that's as smart as it gets from my point of view. Do something that you want to do. Add a few people to it and grow and learn together. Whether you're surfing, whether you're reaching into the community through our shine groups, whether, whether it's a course that you've always wanted to do, haven't felt like you've got the time to do, whether it's a prayer group. There's so many different groups, almost 80 groups I think we've got in our church. And I want you to find a group so that you can say, all right, I need God to do some things in my life. Maybe it's just to get on fire again. Maybe you lost the fire. If I, was, if you were, if I lit you on fire, if, or if we had a lot, no, I'm not going to light you on fire. Let's back it up, back it up, back it up. Although it is part of my job to get people on fire for God. That's part of what I want to do. But if, if, if I had a log on a piece of fire, and, and on a piece of fire, on a fire, I'll get it. And I took that log away from the rest of the fire, it would go out. Because when you go and light a fire, what do you do? You put a whole lot of twigs together and you light one and you, you want them all to, because there's this heat from each other that helps the fire go. Some of you, you feel like the fire's totally gone out. It hasn't gone out. You're just, you just need a bit of wind. You just need some people around about you who are on fire and you'll be back before you know it. Three, four weeks, meeting someone's home, meeting at a cafe, gathering, praying for one another, hearing their story, hearing their breakthrough, hearing some principles. I remember Miles talking to us about going to the, the Dimmons group, uh, which is a group of, for, for business people, kingdom entrepreneurs, and be pray, praying together all the time for your, your business and believing God and sharing about the struggles. And then, and then what happens so often is each week someone's had a breakthrough. And when that person shares their breakthrough, then, my, then I'm like, oh, that's awesome. When I know, here's the thing, when you go to a group in, in our church, there's, your leader commits to praying for you every day. And when someone's praying for you every day outside of yourself, God incidences happen. Coincidences. They're God incidents. They happen because of prayer. Not just your leader will pray for you, but the people in that group will pray for you. Will it be easy? Well, probably not. You'll have to step out of your comfort zone. You might have to go to a group that's got some people younger than you. Might go to a group of people you don't really know. You can try, try one. But hey, that's why we're doing for a term now. Just go to one and see if it works for you. And if it didn't work for you, that's okay. Do a different one next term. No one's going to be offended. I know some people doing three or four groups each term. And that's usually an indicator of hunger and fire. So my prayer is that you'll find a group of people, let the right people into your room, and let that thing that's dead inside of you come back to life. Let the fire come, come alive again. Let, let faith be spawned around your life. Can we pray together right now? Father, I thank you for your presence here this morning. Jesus, if you needed to be careful of who was in the room so a miracle could happen, how much more do we need to be careful of who we get in the room with? And so I'm praying right now that you'd speak to us at the beginning of this term take a step find a group a men's group a mixed group women's group whatever it might be find a group 
commit to it for the next term. Let your power begin to flow in us again afresh. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, your touch right now. While your eyes are closed this morning, you might be here and you've, you're just not walking with God in your heart. Maybe you believe God's real, but you don't have a personal relationship with Him. You were created primarily to know God, to have a relationship with Him. Life won't really make full sense until you invite God into your life. You won't be able to know your purpose until you connect with the one who created you. You won't find true peace in your heart until you let God in. He brings peace. This morning as we're all sitting here and while you're watching online and as people are sitting in this room, I know that there's some people here today that you need to take a step towards God. Open the door of your life and say, Jesus, come into my room. Come into my life. I'm spiritually dead. Would you bring me back to life? In a moment, if that's you, I'm going to ask you to simply to raise your hand and say, that's me, John. I, I want Jesus to come into my life. I know I'm spiritually dead. I know I'm not alive. I don't have that relationship with God. Maybe you're here this morning and you once walked with God. You once had a relationship with Him, but you backslidden. Didn't mean to. Just got busy. Got distracted. Jesus didn't move. You just drifted away from Him. And today you feel distant you feel flat because you don't have that joy of that relationship with God anymore today's your day to get back right with God today's the day to reconnect with him and in a moment if that's you I'm going to ask you to raise your hand as well maybe you're just not sure here today if you're going to go to heaven when you die you hope you are but you're not sure you believe God's real, but the Bible says even the devil believes God's real. So that's not what gets you to heaven. When you invite Christ into your heart, when you ask, when you surrender to Him, He comes and lives with you as your friend and everything changes. So right now, right across this room and those of you watching online, if you're saying, John, I want a relationship with God. I want to invite Jesus to forgive me and to come into my heart. I want to reconnect with God because I'm away from Him. I want to get right with Him afresh. Or I want to be sure I'm going to heaven. Right now, would you just raise your hand up high and say, that's me. I want to get right with God. I want to connect with God. Wherever you are right now, just raise it up real high. Say, that's me. I'm going to lead us in a prayer together real soon, just in your seat. We're all going to pray this prayer. But you can feel God tugging on your heart right now. You can feel like a magnet saying, come on, come back to me. It's time to get right. You know something's missing and today's your day to reconnect. Would you raise your hand and we'll pray together right now. Thanks. See your hand. That's awesome. Fantastic. You can put that down. Who else right now? You, you're, you're, you're distant. You can feel that distance. Didn't stop believing, but you just drifted away from God. And today, you know in your heart it's time to reconnect with God and get right with Him. If that's you, would you raise your hand as well? Say, that's me. Can you pray this prayer with me today? 
on home in your, at home in your lounge room or watching on your device wherever you are if you're away from God it's time to reconnect with him I'm going to get you to pray with us in just a moment all right right around the room this is what I want us to do with our eyes closed can we pray this prayer together if you raised your hand this is your time to reconnect with God pray this after me say dear God in heaven I thank you that you love me that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me for my sin I'm sorry for living my way. I'm turning to you to follow you. Come live in my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. I thank you this morning that I'm forgiven, cleansed, going to heaven in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Fantastic. Let's put our hands together. God bless. Thank you. Wonderful. Uh, for those of you who've prayed that prayer for the first time or recommitment, uh, then we'd love to talk to you afterwards. One of our team is going to come and have a chat, give you a gift, because we exist as a church to help people have that relationship with God. Is that right? Absolutely. Josh, would you come on up here? This is Pastor Josh, our campus pastor. We've got...